Now, how many were here last week? All right, you were here last week. We kicked off a collection of talks entitled Healthy Humans. Healthy Humans. And healthy really means we're whole. And this is our goal for the next, uh, uh, what, six more weeks now or so. And our goal is to talk about how can we be whole in Christ Jesus. It is not just our spirit man, but it's our soul, it's our mind, it's our body. And we want to give it all to Jesus and say, how can I be completely whole or healthy in Christ? And so do me a favor, raise your hand if you're a healthy human, all right? Healthy human, not many hands, right? I don't know. I'm a hot mess, Pastor Jeremy. Welcome to Avenue Church, because I am too, all right? Um, and so this is our goal throughout the entire collection of talks, is at the end of this collection of talks, I want you to be able to say, yes, I'm a healthy human. Yes, I'm a healthy human. And so last week was put on, put off. It was put on our true self, put off our false self. Put on our true self, put on our old self, all right? My BC days. And we got to put it on. And we put it off, we put it on, and we put it off. But today, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And uh, it's kind of ebbs and flows uh, here at Avenue Church. Sometimes I do like a fun message. Put on, put off, wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi. But today I want to teach, and I believe God is going to bring some revelations that's going to change your life. I really believe it's not just for uh, first-time guests or for those that first time in church. Man, I believe this message will also change, uh, uh, man, those that have been you know, going to church our entire lives. I believe God's going to do something extraordinary in this. So Matthew chapter 16. And so if you've got your Bibles out, get your Bibles out, version uh, uh, app, uh, Androids, uh, iPhone now looks like an Android. Uh, so here we go. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. That's Christianity right there, right? Jesus is like, I'm going to show you how to suffer. I'm going to show you how to suffer, okay? From elders and chief priests and scribes and, 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 and be killed, but on the third day be raised. So he's sharing this with his disciples. Hey, guys, listen. This is about to happen. I'm about to go get killed, but on the third day I'll rise again. And they have no idea what that means. And, and matter of fact, they didn't even know it, what it meant. Therefore, when Jesus died, they were mourning his death. They didn't know he was going to resurrect again. And so then my boy Peter, Peter took him aside. I love this. Peter's like, come on, Jesus, let's go over here. Took him aside. And Peter said, Peter began to rebuke Jesus. How dare he? But how many have rebuked Jesus before in your quiet time, right? You're like, Lord, if you would just do this. Lord, I'm telling you, Jesus, where are you? So he rebukes Jesus, saying, far, from, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. You will not die. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, devil. You are a hindrance to me, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may I pray, may this message not just be information, but I pray may this best message be transformation. Father, I pray again, Chicago Bears, may they win. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, about 15 or so, about in our first year of marriage, I remember uh, Pastor Lindsay and I, we were, we were hustling. Like our first year of marriage, uh, my, I was a, uh, youth pa a junior high pastor, a youth pastor at a great church and then a chapel speaker for the school. Uh, pastor Lindsay was doing young adults and then she was doing, and then she got like promoted into like men's 
ministries, you know, like women's ministries, all the ministries kind of under Pastor Lindsay, and, and then the Sunday services. And some of y'all are like, like, we got to be here at 9.30. We had an 8 a.m. service. Oh, my goodness. So the staff was there at 7 a.m., and we were hustling and bustling and, and hashtag hustle, making a difference for Jesus. And I just remember we were getting so busy. And, uh, and one day I was, um, I was at home, and I walked out to get the mail, and, uh, and, and I saw my, some two neighbors I'd never met before kind of talking. And I already knew this was a miracle because I overheard them. <laughs> right? I'm deaf. I, don't, I have hearing aids. I overheard them. So it must be Jesus. And I overheard them talking about um, softball, uh, uh, sports. And they're talking. And they were like, we need, and I heard, I heard, we need some extra players. And I was at the mailbox going, so, hey there, you know, and I don't know what came on me, but I was just like, went up to them and said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, um, um, my name's Jeremy, and, and I heard about players, and they're like, oh, stop, you play softball? And I was like, yes, we play softball, you know, having played softball. And I was like, yeah, I play softball. And, uh, and they're like, we, we're a co-ed team. I said, that's even better, you know. And I said, my wife plays, she used to, she plays softball all throughout high school. And, and they're like, great, exchange numbers, here, show up. But this day, there's no practice, it's game day. And so we go to game day, and I play baseball, like, in junior high. Like, I play baseball, like, long ago, you know. And so we show up, and I'm going, man, this is going to be great. Like, they don't know we're pastors. They don't know who we are. And uh, we're, like, incognito, you know. And, and, and so we show up, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be awesome. Like, they're going to be so grateful that they picked us because Jesus sent me to them. And uh, like when I get up, it's going to be boop, home run after home run. It's going to be put me on second, put me on shortstop, you know, like I'll pitch, you know, I'll do the whole nine yards. And, uh, and, and I'm what you call a legend in his own mind. Have you heard of that? A legend in his own mind. And so Pastor Lindsay actually, she gets up first to bat and she's literally, you know, she's, She's, she's ready, and all of a sudden the, the, the ball comes, and the first thing I realized was the ball's not, it's not, like they're throwing it weird, like, like, like they, they threw it really high, and I'm just going, what in the world, I'm, literally that was my thought, what, 16 years ago, like what in the world is this, and all of a sudden she goes, bam, she hits that ball, it goes right out to field, uh, out in the field, outfield, she runs a triple, gets the third base, and people are like, whoa! And I heard another guy, he said a word that I can't say in church, and he went, whoa, she could hit, you know? And I was like, wow. And so that was my turn. And I get up there and go, well, if she can do that, you watch out. And I remember the first ball comes, and it's like, whoop. And I was all, yeah, yeah I'm talking about, ah! And the ball, I go, I swing a miss. Right? Yeah, second ball comes. I'm a, ah! <laughs> right? Like, I want to kill it. I want to crush it. And, 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 and I struck out. I struck out. Matter of fact, I struck out the entire season. <laughs> they were like, they were like, okay, you're on deck. You're up. And, and I guess you're, you can hit too. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like, until I learned, you have to, like, literally, when you get in that, I'm going to help you out, softball, right? When you, get in that, when you get in that batter's box, you literally just have to wait. Like, you can do your taxes while they throw the ball. Like, the ball's in the air, and you just go check in on Facebook. And, the, and then when it finally comes, then you hit it, you get on base. Now, I tell you that because I was a legend in my own mind. Here's, what, here's the title of my message today. For a lot of us in church, sometimes we're healthy in my own mind. I'm healthy 
in my own mind. Because we have a different, different version of what it means to be healthy. So I want to talk about Peter, and this is what Peter says. Peter goes, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, said, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Now, I want you to set the scene. Peter's already been following Jesus for three years. Seeing the miracles. Seeing him raise Lazarus from the dead. See him heal blind eyes, open deaf ears. See him feed 5,000 people. Uh, 5,000 men plus their wives and, and children. Could have been a whole lot more. Begin to see Jesus uh, heal people all night long. And, and Jesus was so tired he would collapse. And, and he, he began to see Jesus, you know, just do extraordinary things. And, and so Peter wasn't exactly being mean, but he's probably having more honor than relationship. Going, no, 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 Jesus, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. I'm actually from the east side. I'll take care of you, not like these other guys. I will make sure you're safe. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me for you are a hindrance to me. Then he said, he said, Satan. Now, theologians believe there's kind of two reasons why Jesus called Peter Satan. The first one is, is that, not that, that it wasn't that Satan was in Peter or he was demon-possessed, but that Satan was influencing Peter to try to change the circumstance. The second thing also is when, when he said, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. Run away from pain and suffering. They actually, they felt, they, they, they believed that Jesus actually reverted back to Matthew chapter 4 when he was ushered by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain, showed them all the kingdoms and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship Satan. So if Jesus, if you fall down and worship the devil, then you'll be, you'll be the king on earth. And Jesus says, he said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. I love this, because you and I have the same power as Jesus did in that day, to say, get behind me, Satan. Leave me alone, Satan. And we use God's word. And we use God's word. We use God's word. But see, when Peter said, you know, he said, this won't happen. Jesus said, get behind me. And he says, for you're not setting your mind on things of God, but on the things of man. So it wasn't that Peter was just like, you know, uh, just doing a, a horrible, horrendous thing. But what Peter was doing was he had his eyes fixed on the world's version instead of God's version. And I want to challenge us today are we following man's version of Jesus or are we following the crucified version of Jesus? See, Peter wanted a savior who avoids the cross. He wanted a savior who avoided suffering and pain. And for good reason, he loved Jesus. So Jesus, I won't let anything happen to you. I love my son. I don't want my son to suffer or go through pain, but sometimes pain becomes the greatest teacher. And so Peter doesn't want Jesus to go to the cross because he wants man's version of Jesus instead of the crucified version of Jesus. Or I'll even take it a step further. Uh, man, does he want the world's version of Jesus or do, we want the, uh, or do we want the crucified version of Jesus or do we want the Americanized version of Jesus? See, to Americanize something, and here's a quote, right? To Americanize means to cause, to acquire, or conform to American characteristics. 
Uh, to Americanize means to bring something under the political, cultural, or commercial influence of the United States. But also, here's the last one. Within the church, to Americanize, to Americanize Jesus is to follow him because he makes my life better and more enjoyable. It's real quiet in here, huh? Praise God. What a good service today. You can have what you, you know, like, my word. But then I took this a step further and said, okay, does, does God want my life horrible and horrendous? You know, I believe God makes my life better. I believe that when I go through trials and tribulation, he's with me. And that makes it better. But I love this commentary. This commentary says, it is so natural and comfortable for us to set our minds on human comfort, security, success, and prosperity that we forget our divine call to sacrifice and to service. To sacrifice and to service. So we can see Peter's perspective was wrong. God's plan included suffering and death for the Messiah. For Jesus, Jesus would then fulfill his mission exactly as planned. His pain and suffering led to our salvation and healing. Amen? And so this is wonderful. This is great. And so this is what he can do. He says, get behind me, Satan. Right? I got to do this. You have your eyes on the world, not eyes on God. But then Jesus continues to say, then he told his disciples. So he turns, he goes, get behind me, Satan. You're looking at the wrong thing, wrong perspective, wrong version. Wrong version of Jesus. And then he turns and says, guys, listen, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Let him deny, let him take up his cross, let him follow me. And whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, you'll find it. If you try to be in control, you're going to lose your life. But if you give your life to Jesus, you will find your life. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, that success, that popularity, that prosperity? Oh, i got to find a true meaning of happiness if he forfeits his own soul. So we are to sacrifice. We are to sacrifice. We are to surrender. But a lot of times as Christians, we see this part, we say, I'm, I'm, okay, I, I, you know, I give my life to Jesus, and now I need to deny. I'm going to deny myself, right? I'm going to... I'm going to deny, and, and after I deny, I'm going to take up my cross. And, and as I take up the cross, I'm denying, taking up the cross, I'm following Jesus, kind of, kind of doing all these three things. And it's difficult, I'm going to tell you. I mean, it's like, you're going to leave here today, you're like, you want to go party? No! And Jesus, get behind me, Satan. You know, like, I just want to be your friend, you know. And it becomes a process, because we don't want just to change your behavior, we want Jesus to change your heart. Yes. That's why we're all enrooted right now. I'm enrooted. Pastor Lindsay's enrooted. Lorenzo's that We're all enrooted because we want to know Jesus more. But we deny ourselves, take up his cross, and follow me. But the problem is sometimes we go to Galatians chapter 5. And we go, those who belong in Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And, and that's a great thing. But when I carry the cross, I'm, I'm crucifying my flesh. I'm saying, oh, I have boundaries in my life. I have, that's not just limitations, but I have rules and boundaries for protection over my life, for relationship over my life. But then it says, uh, we crucify the flesh with its passion and desires, for we live by the Spirit. Let's also keep step with the Spirit. And this is the key phrase. I think many of us were doing this without Him. And here's a healthy version of Christianity is that we take up the cross. We take up the cross. 
To carry the cross means it's total submission. To take up the cross is to deny myself. I'm going to carry my cross. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm going to listen to his word. I'm, I'm going to pray. And, and man, it's, it's, it's not a comfortable thing carrying a large, heavy cross. It's not a, it's, it's, it's you know, his, 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 his burden is easy. His, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. I said that right. I hope so. Come on. And, and so all these things, I'm going to take up the cross and I'm going to go after Jesus. I'm going to get into rooted. I'm going to go to connect one day. I'm going to serve in the church. I'm, I'm going to, there's some things I'm going to say no to because when I quit one thing, I'm picking up another thing and, and just all these different things. And, and so I'm going to take up the cross, but can I challenge us today, there's a false Christianity that oftentimes when we take up the cross, we nail ourselves to the cross. Yeah, we nail ourselves to the cross. We end up sacrificing ourselves. And this commentary is so good. It says, Jesus invites every person to follow. If you're here today, he invites us to follow after him. But those who desire to follow him must have these three attitudes. Willingness to deny, willingness to take up the cross, and willingness to follow. Deny, take, and follow. To deny oneself, though, means to surrender. Means to surrender immediate material gratification in order to discover and secure one's true self and God's interest. It is a willingness to let go of selfish desires and earthly security. Okay? It continues on to say, this attitude turns self-centeredness to God-centeredness. Self is no longer in charge when God is. Sometimes when it's all about us, we nail ourselves to the cross. When it's all about him, we surrender ourselves to the Savior who already went on the cross. We're going to catch this, okay? Too often this has been interpreted to mean that we should have no self-esteem. That we should be just victims. But some discipleship strategies has advocated stripping ourselves of all dignity or anything that contributes to a sense of self-worth. Jesus' view of denial was immediate and it was so practical. It was so practical. Matthew chapter 9. So Jesus, he's, he's reclining at the table. This is the, this is the different scene in the Bible. And, and he's hanging out. And also, behold, many tax collectors and sinners, they were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. He was hanging out with sinners. And, and, and let me challenge you. He hung out with sinners, but he always, he always controlled the conversation. He hung out with sinners, but he always controlled the conversation. And when Pharisees saw this, the religious people, they said to the disciples, why did your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard it, he said, listen, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The Old Testament says, I desire obedience is better than sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but to sinners. I put on my new self, and I put off my, my old self. But here today, my next step is we crucify our false self, and we surrender to our new self. I crucify my false self, and I surrender to my new self. I believe in the context of church life, we have this backwards that we are now surrendering to a false way of doing things and we are crucifying ourselves in the process. In the process. We're saying, I've done all these things. I've done all these things. I've done all these things. 
But we are saved not by our works, but we're saved by God's grace through faith. When it becomes about, you know, good works, it means I'm crucifying my false self and I'm surrendering to my new self. Amen? Amen. So here, how do I live a surrendered life? Because I don't want you just to live a crucified life. I want you to live a surrendered life. I want you to carry your cross. It says crucify your selfish desires, but it doesn't say crucify you. It says to surrender you. I surrender my life to Jesus. So how do I live a surrendered life? You ready for this? This is going to be three really good hard notes, okay? This is a buckle up sermon today. Come on, somebody. I'm going to go die somewhere. You know, like, number one, believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Now, how many have heard this before, right? This is like, this is simple. Believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Uh, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died and rose again. That was pretty good, right? Is that okay? Yeah? Is that my addition tape? No, okay. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. That word is found in the Gospel of John 98 times. 98 times the author said, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? What must we do to crucify ourselves? What must we do to, to, to gain access to heaven? What must I do to, to be a healthy human? What works do I do today? And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him. That you believe in him. That you believe in him that you believe in him whom he has sent. But when I say believe in Jesus, we all go, yeah! And some of you are tuning me out right now, going, I believe in Jesus, I'm saved in Christ Jesus. But to believe really means to trust. To trust. When I get on an airplane, I don't stick my head in the cockpit and go, can I see your credentials? Have you had enough flight time? Are you good at flying? Are you awake? Are you sober? Touch your nose. Touch your nose. I get on the plane because I believe that Allegiant or Southwest or Delta or whoever has a system in place that they have, they have qualified pilots. And so because I believe that they're not going to kill me on an airplane, and I believe God has a plan for my life, you know, I, just, I, I don't mind dying. I just don't want to die stupid. You know what I mean? Like... You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I believe, and because I believe, I have trust. I can trust that I'm going to get to my destination. So do we trust in Jesus? How many enjoyed last week about, like, am I unhealthy? And we went through a, several questions. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a pen and, piece, pen and piece of paper out. And I have 10 quick questions. And I want you to put yes or no to know that you trust Jesus. Let's see how trustworthy you really are, church. All right? Let's see how trustworthy you are there. Here, here's a, a set of questions. Yes or no? I know I'm trusting Jesus when I enjoy spending time with Jesus, even in the midst of disappointments and storms. Yes or no? If you say yes, I need your consult. <laughs> I enjoy spending time with Jesus when life just plain sucks. I enjoy spending time with Jesus. Yes or no? Number two, I, I, I trust in Jesus when I'm experiencing a lack of anxiety in my body. Right, you're just, you feel good. I've, I've experienced no tension. Number three, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm trusting Jesus when I'm not doing for others what they can and should do for themselves. 
That's a form of control. I could probably sit right here. Huh? Let's do an altar call right now. <laughs> All the parents, you know. <laughs> Maintaining my rhythms of being with Jesus in seasons of great pressure. When work gets busy, does Jesus get the back seat or does he get the driver's seat? I'm trusting Jesus when I'm less triggered by things going wrong. If, if this is you, start a church. The triggers will just go away. It's fine. Everything's fine. Things are falling and breaking. It's fine. <laughs> Here's the last one. It's not. <laughs> My Uncle Renzo, come here. Last one. I'm aware of the beauty and wonder of those around me. <laughs> you little bird. Here's the next set. I hate this whole list. I'm trusting Jesus when I have nothing to gain and nothing to lose. I only want God's will. You know what my dad would say? They're so heavenly minded or not, aren't they good? But are we content enough to say, Lord, I want your will? Uh, I'm, I'm experiencing a deep contentment in caring for the people God has entrusted to me. I love this. There, there are, I mean, I could go on a whole different thing. I'm experiencing deep contentment in caring for the people God has entrusted to me. Some, there's somebody in this room, you are, you are called to the ministry, but God has given you little people called children. That is your greatest ministry in this season. That is your greatest ministry in this season. I'm receiving God's gift of limits, and we're going to be talking about this in Healthy Humans, rather than fighting, ignoring, or denying them. Or I'm embracing the season in which God has placed me in. This one here kind of gets me. Like global shutdown. I'm in my garage. Lorenzo and I, we were content. Maybe he was more than I was. We were embracing that season. What's happening next? Am I going to die? <laughs> the church going to stay closed. Yeah. But I've learned to embrace every season that God has put me in. Will you believe in Jesus, but also will you trust Jesus? We trust Jesus. But the number two is will you detach for Jesus? Will you detach for Jesus? Romans chapter 12, you're going to kind of hear it, maybe it might sound contradictory, but I'm going to explain it in a minute. I appeal there to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There it is, pastors crucified. No, a living sacrifice is a sacrifice that's still alive. It's a surrendered life, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be detached. But be detached by the renewing of your mind. And, you're, and many people are in this room, I don't know what God wants me to do. You got to keep detaching. You got to keep detaching. Don't act like the world. Don't be in the world so much. We have to spend time with Jesus. Discern what the will of God is that is good and acceptable and pleasing. I love this. As we detach for Jesus, we set goals and directions for our lives. Yet we are able to detach from any attachments to a particular outcome because we trust Jesus. So God, here's my goals, here's my plans, here's my visions, here's my dreams. I'm going to step into it. I'm going to go through that open door. But if I don't get the outcome I'm, I'm praying for, it's okay. Because Jesus, you're all that matters in my life. You're all that matters in my life. You're all that matters in my life. But detaching requires daily surrendering. 
daily surrendering. Just this week, you know we're getting old, but Pastor Lindsay and I, we got really excited about getting a hedger, a hedger, and a leaf blower. And it converts to a leaf sucker, leaf vacuum. Pretty sweet. Just wait. Just wait. Awesome. And so I was out there, and she was on her way home. I got started, and I was hedging my bushes. I was like Edward Scissors' hands, all right? I mean, I was, you know, I was sculpting this thing like it was an ice sculpture. <laughs> Some of you could get that, you know. And I was, I was, I mean, and I was literally like, I did art in high school. Like, I'm, like, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be immaculate. We had landscapers. They were just, they didn't care, you know. And so I care, and so I'm going to crucify myself. I'm going to go do the yard. And so I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing. I'm, I'm literally, I was literally thinking, the, the neighbors are going to be like, dude, how'd you get your bushes? Like, like, it's like beautiful golf course bushes. You know, like, I mean, I was literally like, yeah, I was getting into it, you know. I was, and Pastor Lindsay comes over and I was like, hey, check this out. And she goes, that's all right. I was like, what are you talking about? This is beautiful. And she goes, that's okay. Can I do it? <laughs> and I took a step back and because I was so close, how many know where I'm coming from, huh? Because I was so close, I'm going, oh, this is going to be awesome, right? But when I took a step back, I realized I lost the shape. I realized I wasn't doing a good job. You know what happens when we detach for Jesus? Sometimes our problems get like this, but then our problems get smaller and smaller as we go, I see what you're doing. I see the bigger picture. So detaching requires daily surrendering. Because there's many times I'm back here going, God is in control. You got this, Jesus. I trust you. But then every, it's like, it's like when I wake up, I wake up right here every single day. Yeah. And I'm yeah. back in my problems. Right. Now hear me. There's, Jesus uses suffering. But a lot of times there's what I call stupid suffering. Stupid suffering is you're suffering because of stupid things you did. And that's true. That's reality. I'm suffering. Why? Because I did this. You're stupid, you know. God didn't do it. You did it. And that's okay. But that's why we got to continue to detach away from our stupid suffering and away from the actual suffering that we're in so that we totally detach. Rooted is really making me do this. I thought I was doing real good. I realized I got busy. I realized I was looking at man's things and not God's ways. I was looking at man's version instead of God's version. But even rooted this week, let's pray the acronym P-R-A-Y in the last day of this week. You know, I'm not going to tell you, you got to read it. You know? and, and I remember looking back, going every single day, I got to look back. So here's my last point. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Worship team, come on up. And here's a story. So Jesus called Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Well, then Matthew chapter 17 I love this. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus was transfigured before them. He took Peter, James, and John, went up on a high mountain. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them was Moses and Elijah. This is New Testament. Moses and Elijah showed up, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, <laughs> I love it. Peter's all, hey, yo, Jesus, listen. It's like his marketing agent, you know, like, hey, I got you. And Peter goes to Jesus his Lord is, this is good. This is a good thing. I like what we got going on here. If you wish, I'll make three tents. One for you, 
one for my, my man Moses, <laughs> one for Elijah. And, and he was still speaking. When behold, he got interrupted. He got interrupted by God. Jesus is there. God's like, hey. And he says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. Here's how I want to wrap up today's message. I think many of us in this room, we've had really good intentions. And we're saying, man, I'm going to serve God with all my heart. I'm going to, I'm going to, kind of like Peter, right? Like, I'm not going to let that happen. Let's pitch three tents. Let's, 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 I have all these ideas. Sometimes in our doing, we forget about our being. And in our doing, we're putting on a, we're surrendering to, we're surrendering to a false self. And we're, we're, we're crucifying our true self. And it, and it might feel like it's okay when we're in God's house. It might feel okay because this is for Jesus. But this is a statement that following Jesus isn't first doing things for him. It is listening to him speak first then doing what he says. Then doing what he says. Isaiah chapter Chapter 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You are my ways, your ways. Declares the Lord. For as those the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts your thoughts. Let's listen to Jesus. There's a great quote I found this week. This kind of listening, however, it's not quick and occasional check-in. It's more than that 10-minute car ride, right? It is a deep listening that allows God's direction to do its full work in us so that it explodes with power inside of us. Even if what he asks us to do is, is as countercultural as rejecting popularity, rejecting greatness, rejecting success, and embracing failure and suffering. I have two questions for you today. Is that are we leading for Jesus or are we listening to Jesus? Are we, like all these things I'm doing? Are those, are those things that he wants us to do? Are we leading for him? Look, Jesus, look at all these things I'm doing for you. Or are we listening to Jesus and being, being obedient to his will? Remember, we, we, we do for God out of a deep being with God. We do for God out of a deep being for God. So I'm going to put on to put off. I'm really going to surrender to my true self. I'm going to sacrifice my false self. Sacrifice that anger, crucify that anger and malice and envy and comparison. But I'm going to surrender daily to God's version of me. I'm going to follow the crucified and the resurrected Savior instead of God, uh, the world's version. Of, 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 of Jesus. Stand with me, please. And here's my second question I want to ask as I close out. And uh, get in the hang of two services, right? Get in the hang of it. Will you stand with me, please? And I want you to take some time. And, and I know you're standing. You can still take notes. You can take a screenshot. But 
I believe the Holy Spirit just wants to speak to you this morning. A lot of times we want to maybe spend, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes in, in, in quiet time with Jesus. There's just something special about this kind of atmosphere where he kind of, he, he speeds it up for us. So here's a question I want you to ask yourself today. What areas of my life am I sacrificing instead of surrendering? What areas of my life am I sacrificing instead of surrendering? Are you placing yourself on that altar? Or are you surrendering? I want Jesus to speak to you today. Just bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. And I just want you to say, worship team, we're going to go silent in just a second. I just want you to say, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Lord, I wish your voice was as audible as, as mine. I wish I could hear you like you're standing next to me. But I know that through the earthquakes, through the winds, through the fire, you're a still small voice on the inside of us. Jesus, I pray, help us go on a journey, an adventure, being whole in Christ. Our Father, today we're going to believe, we're going to detach, we're going to listen. If you're here today, you want to give your life to Jesus. You're saying, Pastor, I am I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to give him my heart. I want to believe in Jesus. This is for somebody. It is exhausting trusting yourself. Jesus wants you. He wants to be in your life, but he wants you to place all your trust in him. If that's you today, we just say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Just put a hand up, put it right back down. That's all I need. Yep, I see it. Up, right back down. Yep. Anyone else? Yep, yep, yep. Y'all are quick. Yep, yep. So let's pray a prayer today, and then our host is going to come up and close us out today. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. I repent of my sins. Say, I don't need to be in control. Say, I am so tired trusting myself. I want to trust you with all my heart. Help me to believe. Help me to detach. And help me to listen. That the best way to know how, I'm going to live for you. I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.